Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me for this conversation. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. In today's episode, we're talking about all things awkward and uncomfortable when it comes to dating. We're talking about why things can be so complicated, but how we can use good communication to make things far more enjoyable. I'm joined in this conversation by author Eric Demeter. Something exciting is in the works, and we are adding a new segment to the Christian Single Moms podcast in which we'd like to feature you. On our website, you can record a question that you'd like to have answered or share something that God has been teaching you in this season. Submissions can be anonymous and may be played right here on the Christian Single Moms podcast. For more details, check out the link down in the show notes. Something I've learned in my season as a single mom is that loneliness actually does not have that much to do with being alone. Hurt from our relationships in the past causes us stress around relationships in the present. And the ways that we have learned to deal with that stress can help us to feel safe, but actually keep us away from the meaningful relationships that we desire. To start to unravel this, to identify your stress style and discover the pathway to healing, you can take our quiz called What's Your Stress Style? And you'll find a link for that down in the show notes. I think one of the things that can be most frustrating about dating is it seems that everyone has a different set of definitions and expectations when it comes to what dating is and how the process should flow. But one thing I found so very encouraging about this conversation with Eric is the understanding that we have the ability to let people know where we are at and to make room for someone else to let us know where they are at. And if we can start to get comfortable with approaching these issues and having these conversations, that it can make for a really good growing experience. Here's my conversation with Eric Demeter. Eric, I'm so glad to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Eric, dating can be awkward. <laughs> like we're just going to start right there. It can be complicated. It can be awkward. But I think that clarity is such a key part mm -hmm. of being able to enjoy the benefits of dating because there are many. So I'd like to just start though with getting it all out there and get your approach to understanding why is dating so awkward? Well, Christian dating can be especially awkward, but I do want to say that uh, all dating is awkward at some point, but uh, Christian, cr Christians can <laughs> somehow take the normal awkwardness of, of dating and move it up a level. And uh, yeah, so we can do this, you know, I've, I've heard phrases like God told me this or God told me that, or I didn't have, you know, God didn't give me peace about you or God told me to break up with you. And uh, people, even if some of those things are true, because I definitely believe that God is, is, is working through our dating relationships, but people want to hear from you. 
Uh, people don't want to hear that God told you this, that God told you that. They want to hear, you know what? I like you. I'd, I'd like to take you out. Uh, you are great. And I think this and I think that. And the same thing when things, you know, aren't going to go any further. People feel respected when they say, you know what? I am choosing that, you know, or I feel like this won't go to marriage. So we need to break up or something like that. Using I statements instead of God statements, um, having the courage yeah, to communicate how you feel um, will cut out a lot of that awkwardness. I think that's such a good piece of wisdom because so much of this is between us and God. And though, and I 100% agree with you, he is going to give us guidance and direction as we step through these things, but some of that is meant to be for us and that we often then can take what God is revealing to us and we can point things out about what we see that is working or is not working. And then we have the ability to communicate that clearly. But when we kind of pull in this this it's basically like a big trump card. It's like, well, I'm just going to shut the whole thing down by saying God said no. And that really doesn't help either side to grow. Mm -hmm. I feel like in this mm -hmm. sort of exchange. Um, and, you know, it's just, it, it's such a shutdown in something that really can be a growth opportunity. And, and that's just something that, you know, we're, we're not just touching on our own spiritual experience at that point. We're, we're intersecting with somebody else's at that point and they have their own relationship mm -hmm. with God. And that can be just extremely touchy for us, especially if we don't really know that person to kind of interfere in that space. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not that those things aren't true. God is working and God may be giving you dreams. I have a you know, stories of friends getting dreams about, you know, each other, then they dated, then they got married. And that's amazing. It, it's, it's not that they're not true. It's that they're not helpful, especially mm. at the beginning of a relationship. So save those gems, you know, for, for later on to reinforce what, what the relationship, where, you know, where the relationship is, is actually at. Mm, I love that. It's not that they're not true. It's just that they're not helpful. I think that that's a really good way of looking at it. Eric, when it comes to dating, some of us have some negative experiences from the past. And I mean, like way back in the past, some listeners may have grown up in purity culture. And when it comes to understanding, like, why are we dating? What am I looking for? There are some terms and some things that get thrown around that can cause a lot of confusion, especially when they're not applied in the best ways. So for example, this terminology of dating to marry, for some mm -hmm. people that has been used in ways that are really harmful, but there can be some helpful aspects to this. So describe for us where you see that perhaps this has gone awry, but what good can come from thinking about dating more or less as an intentional process? Yeah, I, I think you said it well. It is an in, intentional process because we, we have two extremes. On one hand, it's dating with this ultra serious, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I want to marry you before we go out. And then the other ex extreme is, ah, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure what I want or, you know, I know that we're just going to be friends, but I'm bored on Saturday night. So let's go out. So 
what what's true is often um, you know found in in the middle and when you conflate dating with marriage, it creates a lot of problems. First of which is just pressure. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys who don't ask women out Christian guys, because they feel um, that, you know, just in the church that they have to know exactly what, what they want. And dating is not about knowing that you're going to marry that person. It is about exploring your curiosity for the possibility of marriage. Um, so if you have an inkling, if there's a small spark, if there's a, huh, what if, then definitely go out. Um, my my um, argument is just that if there's no chance that it's going to go to marriage and you already know this person is going to be in the friend zone, um, then there's probably a little point to um, going out. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, Christians are actually waiting too long to get married. And one of the reasons, uh, or just, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting longer than, than ever to get married, to, to date. And I think a lot of it is because of this, uh, pressure surrounding marrying, you know, having to know that you want to marry them before you actually date them. Yeah. I think the concept more or less is, do you want to get married? When we say dating to get dating for marriage, that do you want to get married? Do you personally, is that why you're engaging in dating? Not Mm. do you want to marry this person as far as now I do agree with you though. If there is like no chance in no chance, then all you're going to end up doing possibly is end up hurting that other person who may really start to believe like, Hey, well, if they're going out with me, like maybe there's something here. And if you know, there is nothing there that it just ends up stirring up again, more of that confusion where we're kind of, you know, wanting to focus more on clarity, but there's so many things to gain. And I know this from my own experience of pursuing a, an inkling sort of, as you mentioned, as something to understand more about yourself or more about another person, more about what you are looking for, what you are not looking for, and those types of things. And we do have to enter into that arena a little bit, but it's having the clarification of this is something I'm going to do because I do ultimately want to pursue marriage rather than, as you said, okay, maybe this is something like I'll just do because I don't like being alone or that I need some plans or someone to hang out with. Like friendship is totally great. You know, you can totally go in and say, I like you as a friend only. Do you want to go get some ice cream? Yep, exactly. (laughs) You can still do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if, if you're focusing too much on the marriage part, you know, what if, you know, if, if, you know, you're just thinking, always thinking and you're going on days and you're always thinking, am I going to, am I going to, marry you. And if that's at the forefront of your mind, you're really taking away from the moment that mm. you're in and mm. you're not going to be with them. And so much of marriage, I think is people want to marry their, their, their best friend, or that person will, will become their, their best friend. And that's based on fun. That's based on common interests. So if you're struggling with, you know, if, if you are too focused on the marriage part, then I think that will, take away from actually developing that, that Mm. friendship. Mm -hmm. I think that's so good. Staying in the present rather than like thinking about what, what is the outcome going to be of this? Mm -hmm. So good. As far as the dating process, you talk about in your book that there are 
maybe five, four to five distinct phases that we might actually go through. And I think that this is really helpful for helping us, especially if we've been in a a situation where we've been hurt before, helping us to enjoy, but also evaluate and to keep our emotions in the right place. Would you talk about those phases and how they can actually help us to venture in, but keep us safe at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. There's, so there's, Friendship, there's non-exclusive dating, uh, there's there's dating and engagement in marriage. And basically, I um, break it down in the premises to, to, to stay in the stage of where you're actually at. So if you're friends, then put your mind, put, you know, put your heart and put your physical actions in that friendship stage. If uh, you're dating, you know, um, Think about, okay, well, what does it mean now for my heart and my mind and uh, physical affection now to be in to be in the dating stage? And that will probably be different than when you're in than when you're engaged and then when you're and then when you're married. So it's a sense of like you are in and if if your heart's a onion, you're just opening it up layer by layer, you know, piece, piece by piece. So in, in that sense, um, you want to guard your, your heart, but you also want to just, and just give it, you know, a piece of it at, at a, at a, at a time. And so everyone's going to look a little bit different there. Um, they're like key events in the, in the relationship. And I have people make a list of, of those, like, what are these important relationship markers. So for example, um, I did a girl many years ago and um, sitting by her in, in, in church with us sitting next to each other, that was a big deal. We had went on like one or two dates and I wanted to sit, sit by her in, in, in church. And she was like, whoa, 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 that's a little too soon, you know? So to, to her, to, you know, it was kind of making a public statement that we were, um, uh, a couple and she wanted to, to wait. And I thought, Oh yeah, that's, that is, that is, that is, that's totally fine. So for, for her, that was more in a committed part, uh, you know, that was in a committed re- relationship, not just going on a date. So I, I think that it's good if you're clear, you know, like when, when do you want to kiss, you know, when do you want to hold, hold hands? When do you want to go on vacation? with that person and their family, you know, and some people are going, Oh yeah, I would go on a date, you know, I would go on vacation, go on like a a day, day trip with, with them and their family after a few days and other people be like, Oh, no way. Like that's some serious stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would wait till we were in a committed relationship or even in engagement to go on vacation with their parents. So as the relationship progresses through the stages Think about your mind, think about your heart, and think about the, the physical of affection and what would you put in each stage of the relationship? I think this is such good prep work because if you've done this prior to even maybe embarking on dating or prior to, prior to meeting a particular person and you've got kind of this roadmap, then you can just go in and just have a good time. As you said before, just start to experience what it's like to be with this person because you mm-hmm. already know you've got your roadmap. And I think this is also the where 
community and accountability comes in because we can share that with the people in our lives and say, look, I am committing to you also. This is where I need to keep these things so that we can grow in boundary setting, especially if that's been a difficult thing for us in the past. That like in your example, that if this is, I'm not comfortable with this yet, that we have the ability to say, okay, I can advocate for myself in this situation. I have friends that maybe know about this too, or that I've practiced this with so that we can go into those situations and it's really no big deal. And we can say, Hey, I'm just not ready for that. And these are great temp checkers too, because if you do have those boundaries set ahead of time and someone cannot respect those, if they push you or if they become aggressive or angry or annoyed, then we Mm -hmm. can know that this person is is demonstrating they don't have the emotional maturity to walk with you when you need to establish where you are at and what your needs are. Yeah. And, and if they're not re- respecting the, the, the boundaries that you have, then that's good information because if they're not doing it now, then they're not going to do it mm-hmm. further in the relationship or, or marriage. But yeah, that, that's a, and, and, the, and, and the thing of, about is everyone's going to have different things. So some people I know they waited till they got married to have their first kiss and other people kiss after, you know, a few dates. So you're going to have to decide where your heart is on, on, on these things. And the way that God has worked it out for relationships is just that people will be different and they challenge us to grow uh, and to communicate when, you know, there is a a difference. So just um, plan on that plan Mm -hmm. on there's going to be some (laughs) some things that will be different. But but that's exactly that It, it is a point where, you know, you can grow and, and have that um, conversation. My, my mentor, um, who was a family therapist taught, taught me years ago, he said, Eric, always go towards the USA. I'm like, what do you mean go towards the USA? And it's the uncomfortable, the scary, and the awkward. Hmm. So usually the right thing to do is, is go towards those awkward conversations, but then you'll, but then you'll be free. Like, you know, once the boundaries are set, then you're just free to relax and then you're free, free to have fun. And if you're not ready to kiss, just start it off. Even after the first day, be like, you know what, I'm going to wait to kiss. So we're going to wait to kiss. And then you're just free. And then you're not worried. And I, I don't know, there's, you know, it doesn't have, have, have to be that, but if you have some, those, 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 those boundaries, once you communicate those, then you'll be free to enjoy the relation, the relationship in the in the stage that you're in. I love that you just pointed to differences, though, as being invitations to communication, because that is what our relationships really thrive on is really good communication. And I know all of us could say we've been in situations where the communication was awful. And sometimes it was because we didn't know how to speak up. And sometimes it was because we didn't know how to share. Sometimes it was because the other person didn't. And there really needs to be growth and maturity in our communication to enjoy connectivity and closeness and fun and all of the good things that come with this. So where this could seem like a threat that we're different, it's actually a point for us to say, can you meet me? And it can Mm -hmm. be a place where people can then grow and walk together rather than it being what I think many of us fear is a threat. And so in the case of the threat, we may pull way back Mm -hmm. or we may just 
cover up our needs and keep going, Mm -hmm. even though it's not really something that we're comfortable with. And I know for a lot of us, either of those have been our patterns in the past and just accepting there will be differences and being able to say, but I want to communicate because I want to grow in a relationship with someone who can communicate and who can Mm -hmm. meet my needs. Then this is just such a place that we can say, I will accept myself that this is what I need. And this is how I am different. I will accept if this other person is different. And then this becomes a place where we can actually grow together rather than being worried so much about the threat to the breakage of the relationship. Because if you communicating breaks it, it was going to be broken. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and those patterns that you set early on, those, those good patterns, those, those will carry on through the relationship, through engagement and yeah. ultimately to, to marriage. So if, if I, I think that how you, you date um, in a lot of ways is how you'll be married. So if you mm. want a healthy healthy marriage, that communication doesn't magically start once you're, you know, married, it starts when you're dating. So, so it's so help helpful to learn to be honest and, and, and open while you're dating. Let's talk about that too, in relationship to DTRs, because I think, for example, one of the things that creates so much friction is if, each person is in a different one of these stages. So perhaps you're like, nope, I'm good. I'm in the friendship stage. Like I'm just getting to know this person and I'm really wanting to evaluate a lot of things before I move forward. And this other person is like, hey, I really like you. (laughs) You know, you're special. Mm -hmm. Like I'm ready to date you exclusively. Um, So many times one person gets there before the other, but perhaps in the past DTRs have been like, something that was, again, a threat. It was something that was seen as, well, maybe I'm moving too fast or maybe maybe I'm moving, maybe I'm being too aggressive or those types mm-hmm. of things. So, and you, and you mentioned, you know, the USA there, moving towards those things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. How can we do that? Especially if in the past, every time we've done it, perhaps we've just felt really badly about it where things have turned out not so good. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, those conversations that they are very hard, but they will bring the, the freedom that um, you need to make to make decisions for, for your life and for the relationship. Um, I had a friend who uh, she liked a guy for about a year and a half. And um, I said, well, have you talked to him about it? She's like, no. And, you know, she's just waiting. And I, I said, well, you know, uh, maybe you can tell him how, how you feel. And she's like, well, I don't want to pursue him. I'm like, sharing your heart is not pursuing a a, Mm. a guy. It's just, um, you know, having that DTR and either you will move forward and he will say, oh, well, I didn't know, know that. And I like you too. Or he'll say, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested. I just want to keep being friends, but either way, your heart is free. So I say for your own heart um, and when you feel that you need to have that, that talk, when you feel like you're in a vulnerable state, if you feel like you're further along uh, in the, in the relationship than when, where you're actually at, then it's, it is, and it's good to have those talks. How do you do it? 
I don't know if it ever gets easier, but <laughs> I, but I know that God is there, though, right? Mm. When we when we take a step step of faith, God God will always meet us there. That's so good. I think those words very often just come if we're like if we know that the Lord's moving us in that direction, mm-hmm. and it just comes. And I think though, if we have a hesitation about communicating, we have a hesitation about asserting ourselves. It doesn't mean don't date, but it me it could be an indicator that there may be some more healing that needs to happen there. Because yeah. if, for example, in the case of like a more codependent pattern of relating, if you are so worried about speaking up because you are afraid of how that other person is going to take it or how they're going to respond or if they're going to distance themselves or break away from you, then that's an indication for you that as you move through this, there there could be increased anxiety if you haven't dealt with anything like that in the past that's happened in the past. And so it's such a good place to just understand if you are going to go into dating, you are going to be challenged in this way and you've got to be ready to step to those experiences, but God will use Mm. them to bless you because if you are rejected, then this is a protection from God that this person is not able to walk with you. And so it's, it's an, it can be an indication of maybe where some more Mm. healing needs to occur, but if you feel that you can step into it, it's just knowing that in learning how to communicate, you're either going to have a friend who's going to see you so much it's just going to have so much more respect for you for being able to share what's on your mind Mm -hmm. and whether that stays in friendship or continues to something else or you're going to have a big red flag indicator that this person is not safe go away you know keep moving and it will be a really great learning experience yeah it's 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 almost a a test and, and, you know, to see like how, how are, you know, how are they going to re- respond? Are they able to share from, from, you know, from the heart and if they can't, or if it's tough, then that's just more information for, yeah. for you. But I, I think that you also brought up a really good point about the healing. Uh, I had a, a guy friend who just got to the point where he didn't want to ask out any more women because he couldn't handle an, uh, another no. Like to be re- to be rejected uh, again was 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 too much. So I thought, man, you need some time. You need to take you know take time, get get healing, get some good friend friendships. You know, get your church community in, involved in your life. Um, just because that is always going to be a, a risk. And if you're not ready for for that, no, then then you probably need more 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 time to heal and mm-hmm. wait to date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So good. There are three words every abuse survivor must hear. God hates abuse. Plus One Parents has released a devotional for abuse survivors called Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. Safe Haven is a biblically-based guide to abuse, giving you the tools that you need to identify it, respond to it, and heal from it. Safe Haven is now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, and you can locate a link to purchase your copy down in the show notes. One thing that you mentioned in your book that I thought was really interesting is this concept of in choosing who to date, the difference between mate value and unique value. And I had not mm-hmm. heard these described this way before. And I think this is interesting because sometimes, especially if we're in like an online dating setup, Mm -hmm. we're not really sure 
like that looks like a, a mass pile of people who all, you know, are, you know, potentially maybe dateable, or maybe they all look like they're undateable. So mm. would you describe for us in kind of considering who to move forward with the, these two concepts? Yeah. So two psych- psychologists coined these terms. Uh, so mate value is this idea of like your, it's kind of like your curb appeal, like your looks, your charisma, your, you kind of like your dateability. So people with high mate value, they don't have a hard time. You know, they, they, they can find dates easily. It's kind of like that first in, they, they make a good first in, impression. They can go on a lot of dates. Um, your uniqueness is what makes you, you. And that unique a- appeal, that unique value is all the quirks, all your special things that make you, you. So whether you're into music or uh, anime or art or, you know, rock climbing, whatever those things that, you know, that God's put on your heart, that, that he created you to be specifically, that's your, um, that's your your uniqueness. So what the researchers found, uh, which is fascinating when, when they interviewed, um, college students, was that it was people's uniqueness that um, was the most important factor over time. So that shows me that there's hope. So if you're, you know, on the outside, you're not a a 10 out of 10. I mean, most of us aren't, (laughs) you know, um, (laughs) that there is hope, you know, that, that, that um, there is hope uh, for, for, for you. And I think it also shows that if you meet some someone who doesn't have that initial uh, glitz or glamour or flashy personality that you would normally be attracted to, if there's still something there, it, it is it is probably worth um, giving that a chance and seeing their um, you their uniqueness come come out. So uh, so those special traits, those you unique traits, uh, stand stand the the test of time for your relationship. I like this concept too because I think for a lot of women, we pick out things maybe that we're insecure about. Maybe other people don't even notice them, but maybe there are things that we pick out about ourselves and we say, oh, well, I don't, you know, men don't ask me out because of this or that or the other, especially Mm -hmm. I think with single motherhood, you know, we've had children. So whether or not that's changed us physically, whether or not that is something, even just the fact that we have children and that would seem to perhaps be something that we, we sense as a disqualifier that, if a person, just because a person has a higher mate value, that higher attractiveness quotient, I guess, is a way to think about it, doesn't necessarily mean, though, they might get more dates, but that doesn't mean that they are quality dates or quality invitations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and someone who has high mate value, I guess, is it's an asset in the sense that um, you can get more dates, but the problem is for for people who go on a ton of first dates one of the risks is that you don't really get to know people and if you think about it if you go out to eat or somebody with somebody new all the time it is fun so most people are probably going to be great you know like especially in um colorado where i've lived the last um chunk chunk of time you know you go out for for a hike and there's mountains and there's (laughs) 
valleys, you're looking at s- snow on the uh, mountain peaks, man, you, you could do that with just about anyone and have a mm. great time. So I, I think it's much better to go on those second, third, fourth, fifth dates. Um, and then you'll start to see who they really are. Mm-hmm. I like the fact too, that what we're looking at though, is the thing that's going to point to longevity. And just like we talked mm-hmm. about with communication pointing to longevity, so is also then what is really going to connect you over time to this person, because those mate value attributes are going to fade over time. They, the, the, uh, the looks are going to change. So as you mm. mature and as you become, you know, an older person in your sixties and seventies, it's the unique value that is the thing plus the experiences and the memories and all that kind of thing that, that really form that connection over time. And so it's something that we don't need to worry about the quantity of how many invitations we're receiving or those types of things, because it's not even really what makes a difference over the long haul. Yeah. And, and that's what friendship is, is based on are, are those, you know, is special things that you can quote, you know, this, uh, a movie, you know, or you can, uh, or you're into um, 80s, 80s rock or, or something, you know, those are the things that, uh, that friendship is. And when yeah. you say looks, looks fade and those sorts of things, you know, come, you know, and I think that even those uh, strong feelings, you know, they, they, mm. they will, you know, they will go up and down, but it's, but it's, but it's that friendship that stands yeah. the test of time. Yeah. And I think some of what's different here too, is, you know, some of those mate value attributes are going to suck us into perhaps chemistry related mm-hmm. type of ways of, of evaluating a relationship. And that's not really where we want to be looking when we're looking at the relationship between us and another person to decide if this has that ability to go the distance really. So when it comes though, to those things like, okay, I'm, I've met this person, we've gone on a few dates and I'm evaluating that relationship what are the things though that you think that we do want to evaluate and what are some of the traps maybe that we fall into? Hmm. I, I think a, a big thing is what do you form together? Um, I, you know, to e- e- evaluate, not just the person, but the relationship. I say it's a relationship. It's a relate Mm. So it's how you relate. Um, and that's really what you live with. Pe- people say that you live with the the other person. Well, that's true, but you really live with your relationship with 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 them. So mm. two people are like uh, in, in like ingredients and you're bringing this ingredient, you know, you, you, you have these things and that person has those things. And then you bake this cake. And do you like the cake that, mm. you know, you bake? And where Christians get stuck is they, they, they think that faith is uh, enough. No, faith is the foundation, but you actually need more than, than that. And um, I think that that might be a shock for some people to hear. But yeah, faith is a good starting point. But you, you can have two great Christians and the cake that, that they bake isn't some something that's really uh, good to eat, you know, mm. for, for, for some reason. And that's why re- relationships are a mystery. And you can, you know, I've met so many couples and, and, and I'm sure that 
you have this too, where you didn't think that this person that, you know, person A and person B, man, you're like, oh, they're really not. I don't know. I, I don't see them work, working things, things out, but then they do, then they date then they marry you're like, oh yes, you know, now yeah. I can see it. And, and so that's the thing is we, is um, you, you, you have to look at how you relate to that person. And, and that, and that third thing that, that, you know, if you think of the um, two overlapping circles, like the Venn, di- the Venn diagram and that third thing in the middle, that's your relationship. So uh, you, you, you need to make sure that, that that's um, healthy and not only the, the, the other person is, is healthy. Yeah. In addition to this analogy of baking the cake, I've also heard of it as like building a a house or building a castle, you know, and it's not only a way for us to determine, do we like what we're building, but are we both building it? Are, Are we both contributing ingredients or is one person more or less maybe doing all of the work? And I think, again, that's another thing when we look at unhealthy patterns mm-hmm. from the past, we may have gotten used to being the one who's laying all the bricks mm-hmm. and just letting the person like sit and enjoy all of the fruits of our labors and not expecting reciprocity though, and not expecting there to be a mutuality. And I think when we look at, okay, what do I want to learn from my past experiences so that I do this differently in the future? It is understanding. I love how you put this, that the two of you together are bringing some things to this relationship and there's an evaluation then of what is this thing that you are actually building together. And I think, again, though, too, as we think about who to date, this is where there is great benefit in dating people that perhaps we wouldn't think of or, you know, extending our minds in this way. Because as you said, I have seen couples that look like, and I won't say total opposites because they have obviously, as you said, with faith, Mm. a common basis, but they don't do things exactly the same way. And that though in what they do contribute and that in growing their communication and in turning to God and pursuing him firstly and doing that together, that what Mm -hmm. they build is something truly incredible. Yeah. And going to your back to your 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 castle analogies, like like how do you work together? You know, I mean, so one, like, do you do you like what you're building? But like, how do you work together? Together, so I always challenge uh, couples who are dating is to find an uh, act, an activity with a um, you know with a challenge, um, whether that's you know planning a, a trip together, you know, and because there is a lot of things in a trip, and when you travel with someone, and even if it's a a day trip. You know, trying to plan out, you know, like what, like what time are you going to leave? What are you going to do? What kind of things are you going to do throughout today? Um, what time are you going to come, come back? What, what kind of food are we going to eat? You know, just, you know, just little things like, like, like that. Um, little challenges that, that you have, I, I think, and so important to see how, mm. how you actually work together. Mm, that is really good. That's a test then also of those communication pieces with a maybe maybe a goal in mind, at least. You know, because I think, and then we talk about, and you talk about this in your book, and I've heard others speak in the same analogy as far as your relationship being something that you should really watch go through four seasons, that you mm-hmm. should have the ability to see, can you work through conflict? Can you, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just always going to be like summer fun and, 
you know, great feelings and all that kind of thing. And, you know, as you move towards marriage, how do you evaluate those things though, when it does seem like it's all fun and wonderful and you may have to put some challenges intentionally in the way to see how you navigate some of those things. Yeah. I, I think every couple should have a decent fight be, before they get married mm, <laughs> or yeah. uh, uh, get engaged, you know, just some, 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 awesome, some obstacle that they have uh, overcome. Mm. And, you know, that takes um, time. And, and that's why getting married after a month of dating is not a good I- idea because you haven't given yourself a chance in the relationship, a chance to really be mm. uh, challenged. So, yeah. So when those uh, dark clouds come, when when those seasons where things are kind of low, like, you know, feelings go go up and down and you want to have some feelings. Of course, you want to be excited to date. Of course, you want to you know, you want to be physically attracted to 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 them at the same time. Feelings are like uh, feelings are like the wind. You know, they just kind of come and go. Um, but it's those uh, deeper things. It, it's, it's, it's those. Can you handle the trials, the, um, the storms. And that's why I go back to the, uh, apostle Paul mm-hmm. in first Corinthians 13, the first attribute of love that he talks about, he talks about love is patient. Love is patient. So when our feelings are telling us to rush, when our hormones are telling us to like do this and to do that, you know, Paul says, wait, love is is patient and and patience with that person's patience with yourself um and patience as you go through through storms will will only help your mm. your relationship down the road mm, that's really good now eric as we talk about bringing god into this as well mm-hmm. and preparing ourselves and walking with him through the process Discipleship is a big part of that. And our own spiritual journey, you mentioned, is one of the best gifts that we can actually give to our future spouse. Would you highlight for us our own discipleship and how in our preparation and moving into dating that that can influence our future marriage? Yeah, well, that's everything. Our relationship to God is is indeed the, the best gift that we can give some someone else, um, you know. Uh, that I say, just, just, just be the person that you want to be with, you know, that if you make this list of like hundred, hundred things, it's like, are, are you that person too, you know, or just re- requiring somebody else to, uh, to, to, to be that person. Uh, one of my friends, um, she had over a hundred lists. She had a list of hundred non-negotiables on her list. And, uh, you know, I just wonder, like, are you living that that out, too? Mm. <laughs> but the but the thing was, is she actually married a guy that filled that she says filled every single thing. And that is awesome. But the thing about the way that reality works is that, you know what, they have a good re- relationship, but they still got the same problems as everybody else. So even if you met, met someone that fills your, your list, you, you still have to deal with this uh, uh, daily, you know, ups and downs. But um, Proverbs, Proverbs says that, you know, iron, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens an, an, another. And I think that that's key is, you know, you want to date some, someone who challenges you. Not, not to date someone you have to disciple. And I don't mean to be harsh when I say, say, say that because there's people that, you know, that are new Christians and they're on fire for, for a God. And, uh, you know, they would 
they 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 wouldn't make a great mate. Um, but if you're carrying someone along, you know, you know what I mean. If you're dragging them um, mm-hmm. along to church and you have to push them and kind of force them, and um, then yeah, then that's um, good. That's good in, in information to have. Um, but as you are healthy with God, as you're growing with God, you will naturally a- a- attract people that are are in a similar place. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Some of us have had that experience of dragging another person. And when we are committed to those things in our own lives, it makes it really easy for us to see who is going to be you know, this co-laborer, this co- mm-hmm. co-bricklayer, co you know, if we think mm-hmm. about the castle again, who mm-hmm. is going to be contributing, I contributing to them, they are contributing to me and that there's mutuality there because as we grow in our own relationship with God, then we will be attracted to other people who are doing the same. And then we'll also be not attracted to people who are not so mm. that we are maybe having to wait a little longer to find that person, but that ultimately by doing that, that we are going to find a person who is equally devoted to the Lord and that our relationship then would be an outpouring of what has already been established in the lives of each individual person. Yeah, because a a relationship needs two whole people. It's It isn't like you know, you're 50% and they're, and, and they're 50% and to, together you make a hundred. It's the hundred, it's two whole people. It's two people who are uh, um, emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy. That's what the relationship needs. So you're not filling in the gaps for them and they're not filling in the gaps for, for you. It's two whole people coming uh coming together. Yeah. And I know when you say whole, you do not mean perfect. I know no, that no, I don't no. want anybody to hear that and think like, not Oh my perfect. goodness, <laughs> but You'll it does never mean... be perfect. You'll never be yeah. perfect. You know what? Even knowing where you, where you, where, where you struggle, even knowing where mm-hmm. your wounds are and your triggers, uh, that's a huge step, you know, yeah. and we may not get a hundred percent healing in this life, you know, maybe we're, we're going to have that 95% and God actually uses that person to kind of help, help us. But, Mm -hmm. but it's saying that like, you're not coming, um, like, like I was several years ago, I was, uh, dating this gal and I was in like a spiritual desert and I became this, a vacuum cleaner, just Mm -hmm. sucking, uh, my self-worth from, from her. And, uh, I was just extra needy, you know, just, and, um, it wasn't a good time for, for me to date. And she called me on it and it was Mm -hmm. tough to hear. So I can't give you, you know, what, what you need. And, but it was a good wake up call to, to, to go back to, to God, allow him to heal some, some things in me and then to date. So good. So good. I appreciate that you shared that. It's one of those things that that's where sometimes dating can be painful, but for mm-hmm. our own good sometimes. Mm-hmm. Eric, I really appreciate all of your insight into this subject that can be somewhat complicated, but I think we've uncomplicated things a little bit. At the end of every conversation, I ask each guest the same question. And it is, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? 
I would say to, yeah, once again, just focus on your own um, emotional and spiritual health uh, to start a journal maybe, and, and just to track like what God has been uh, teaching you, you know, as a, a single mom and, and you have so much worth, so much value, so many things to, to, to bring, just, just start to, uh, to, to track some, some of those. And, um, I, I have so much, re, so much respect for single moms. I was actually raised by a, a single mom and she worked hard. She raised two, two boys and, uh, yeah. And your, uh, kids are, will, will be an amazing blessing to, uh, to the right person. I think you just, <laughs> you just set some people free right there. That is such a mm. wonderful piece of encouragement, Eric. Eric, would you tell listeners about your book and your resources and how they can follow you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's how should a Christian date? It's not as complicated as you think. Uh, and you can uh, get more information uh, at Moody Publishing and it's, it's at how should a Christian date dot com and on uh, Instagram, if, if people want to follow, it's at Eric J. Demeter. Okay. And I will make sure to put links in the show notes to make it easier for listeners to find all of those. But thank you so much, Eric, for sitting down with me today. Thanks so much for having me on the show. If you found this conversation with Eric helpful, I can also suggest a couple of others for you. You might like episode 89, Meeting Your Match, How to Know What You're Looking For and Date in Ways to Find It with Dr. Christy Kadarian. You may also enjoy episode 87, Dating to Blend, Choices You Can Make Today to Nurture Your Future Family with Ron Deal. We'd love to invite you to get involved with the Plus One Parents community. You can join us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. And on Facebook, you can join our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Also at plusoneparents.org, we are constantly adding new resources related to all of the topics that we cover here on the Christian Single Moms podcast. That's everything from parenting to dating to spiritual and emotional well-being. If you'd like to stay up to date on the new resources as we release them, you can join our mailing list there as well at plusoneparents.org. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.